This weekend, I want to share with you the prophetic word for 2021. Every year, we ask God to give us a, a word or a phrase or a theme, like a nugget of truth, maybe, from God's word that will bring us focus for the year. Last year, the prophetic word um, for 2020 was eyes wide open. I don't know about you, but I am grateful to the Lord for his goodness and mercy to give us that word because I think it helped us to uh, see and to discern and to stay the course in 2020. Amen. For 2021, the prophetic word, it, it came very quickly to Melissa and I, and uh, it's really been burning in our heart and it's been confirmed over and over and over uh, over the last couple of months, that this is the direction that God wants to take us, the word for the year. And that word is rise up. Rise up. That's also the title for the sermon tonight, Rise Up. And you guys know I like to give a sermon in a sentence. Tonight I actually have four sermons in a sentence. <laughs> Okay, so um, watch for those throughout the rest of this uh, uh, message. But rise up. Rise up is the prophetic word for 2021. In fact, I had uh, our administrative assistant, Morgan, make me this cool shirt. <laughs> I like that. Isn't that cool? We thought, man, maybe we should make some of these and, and uh, get them into your hand. How many of you would buy something like that? We'll figure out a, a really good color. We did this one really quick and on the fly. That looks pretty good, huh? I feel like Superman right now. <laughs> we'll see what we can do about um, maybe getting some, some uh, even nicer shirts made and, and get them into your hands. But the prophetic word for 2021 is, is rise up. Okay, now don't worry. We're not going to be storming the Capitol. Listen to me, this word for our church, it's, it's not coming to us or applicable politically. It's about taking personal responsibility. In Ezra chapter 10, verse 4, it says, Arise, for this matter is your responsibility but we will be with you. Be courageous and act. This word is about you. It's about me. It's about us personally. It's about our church collectively in a season when so many people around us are, are dropping the ball. Like they're just striking out all over the place. Wouldn't you agree? You know, I've played baseball since I was five years old, I played T-ball, then I played Little League, and I played ball in high school. I've been on um, all kinds of softball teams. My wife and I have played on softball teams. And I wasn't always on a good team. And so there were times when other people's mistakes lost the game. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Isn't that the worst? And I would get frustrated about stuff like that, you know? And so personally, I had to learn to focus on playing the very best game that I could play. How am I hitting the ball, catching the ball, throwing the ball? Rise Up is about getting in the game. 
It's about taking the field. It's about hands on your knees. How many of you played baseball? Y'all remember? Hey, batter, batter, batter. <laughs> you don't have to do that. That's kind of weird. But it's about hands on your knees, eyes on the ball, being ready to catch a ground or, or a pop fly or a line drive, whatever it is that comes our way. You know, sometimes I was on a team where I was actually one of the weaker players, and there was no guarantee that I would even get on the field in any particular game. But listen to me. I never sat on the bench, ever. I was always up, up at the fence or up at the doorway of the, of the um, dugout. And I was cheering my team on, shouting and, and clapping and, hey, bada, bada, whatever I had to do. All the while letting my co coach know, hey, I'm up. I'm ready to play. You put me in. I'm ready to go. So many people are just riding the bench. It's like they're on the team, but they don't care about being in the game. They're content to just watch from the dugout. You guys know what I'm talking about? That's not who I'm going to be in 2021. And that's not who our church is going to be. So my church is going to rise up. If it pertains to our faith or to being able to encourage someone else in their faith, we're going to rise up. Amen. First, uh, second Peter, first uh, chapter, second Peter chapter one says that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness. We'll rise up. If and more like when it pertains to our freedom, we're going to rise up. Now we're going to do it in a godly way and with his divine power. Arise. This matter is your responsibility, but we will be with you. Be courageous and act. A great paraphrase of this verse here in Ezra is rise up. Take courage and do it. I love that. Do what? The context of this verse is related to the season of history when God was bringing Israel back into their land and really back into their calling after 70 years of being held captive in Babylon. 70 years is plenty of time to forget yourself, isn't it? <laughs> We're eventually going to be looking at the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, which were originally actually one book written by one guy telling the story of how God calls men like Zerubbabel and Ezra and Nehemiah to rise up, rebuild the temple, reestablish the worship, repair the walls. God was wanting his people back into his presence Back worshiping him, fulfilling their calling. They had been on the bench for 70 years, but God was putting them back in the game. By the way, that is a prophetic word for someone this weekend. I don't know if it's tonight. I don't know if it's tomorrow morning, but that's a word for someone this weekend. The coach, this is how I heard it. The, Kirk, the coach is calling you up. The coach is calling you up. You know, a strategic, at strategic moments in a baseball game, a coach will, will call up a new pitcher. doesn't mean the old pitcher was bad, or it could just be that he wants a pitcher that's going to throw with a different arm, or he's, he wants somebody that's going to be able to come, come in there and throw some specialty pitches, or maybe he's wanting to finish up the game with someone that can bring the heat. You guys know what I'm saying? But with his head coach wisdom, he calls up the players that he believes will be most effective. Jesus, our head coach, 
is calling somebody up. So you be ready. Maybe it's someone here tonight. Somebody is being called up. I was thinking about how on occasion God would literally call people up like into his throne room. It was so exciting to hear that that song tonight where we were singing about um, the throne room of God. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Because God would call people up into that place. He called Ezekiel up. He called Daniel up. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament hints that he was caught up into that place with the Lord. Two people who were called up that I want to bring attention to. One is in the Old Testament, and that is Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. And you can go ahead and turn there if you want. We're going to be there. But also in Revelations 1, if you want to get ready, in both of those two places, the disciple John in the New places, uh, New Testament, God called both of these guys up into his presence. Isaiah chapter 6, we're going to be there, so go ahead and turn there. Isaiah, I love hearing those pages. Y'all hear that? It's like, it's like honey on my ear. No, that's not how that verse goes. What is it? Your word is whatever. Honey on my lips. It's honey somewhere. I might just be hungry because I'm fasting. You know, I don't know what it is. Isaiah chapter 6. And look, starting in verse 1, it says, In the year of King Uzziah's death. Now, this is important because Isaiah could have just, he could have said, One day, over a hot cup of coffee and one of those crunchy little scones. That's not what he said. He was very specific. He brings attention to to the cultural climate, really even the political climate of the day in the year of King Uzziah's death. I don't have time to go into all the details, but there was a lot of discouragement, even disillusionment, a lot of frustration surrounding King Uzziah and the way that his reign ended. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord. It's very much implied, by the way, that that he sees the Lord because he was pursuing the Lord. Okay? I have four things to tell you tonight. Four things, four areas of focus in 2020. Remember, rise up, take courage, and do it. Do what? Number one, rise up. And pursue his presence. So what we're going to do as a church, like never before, we're going to rise up and pursue his presence in 2021. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Listen, if Jesus is Lord of your life, then seek him with all of your heart. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17 says, I love, this is God speaking, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. I was curious and so I looked up the original on this word love. I love those who love me. That word love, it means to have affection, to desire intimacy. It means to seek closeness. Okay, this isn't just a declared positional love. Well, you're my wife. You know I love you. You know you're my wife. 
No, this is a pursued relational love. You're my wife and I want to be with you. There's a difference between positional and relational. God's already declared, God's already declared that he loves us. We know that in the fact that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Amen. But he has affection for those who have affection for him. This is similar to what James is saying in James chapter 4. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Pursue God. He will pursue you. And just like any relationship, the more you pursue, the closer you get. And the closer you get, the more you see. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim were standing above him, each having six wings. With two, they covered their face. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. And one called out to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. And then I said, woe to me. I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of armies. Remember, the more you pursue God, the closer you get to him. And the closer you get to him, the more of him you will see. The more of him you see, the more you will begin to truly see yourself. We know that Israel was a mess, right? <laughs> a people of unclean lips. But think about Isaiah. He was legit. I mean, this was a prophet of the Lord, a true prophet who walked in righteousness. And yet, what's the first thing he feels compelled to do in the presence of God? Confess and repent. In 2021, we are going to rise up and pursue his righteousness. That's number two. Write that down. We're going to rise up and pursue his righteousness. Last week, I talked about what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. We're going to be all about it in 2021. We can't afford not to. Amen. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, it says, flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace with all those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. I'm not going to spend a, a ton of time here because we talk about this all the time. But let me just say, if you are truly spending time in God's presence, you will be convicted of your sin. It's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let me say it this way. You can't get close to God and stay unclean. In 1 John chapter 1, it says, if we say we have no sin, 
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth isn't even in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness and to cleanse us from all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's keep going. Isaiah chapter 6 says that the seraphim flew to him with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips and your guilt is taken away. An atonement is made for your sin. God was faithful and just to purify Isaiah while he was in God's presence. Amen. I believe God will do the same thing for us. As we rise up and pursue his presence and pursue his righteousness. Isaiah chapter 6, it goes on and Isaiah is telling the story. He said, man, then I heard the voice of the Lord say, who shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. And God said, or he said, go and tell this people. Number three. 2021 Soma Church, anyone willing, is going to rise up and pursue his purposes. His purposes. Here's what I love about this scene. Isaiah, who had already seen and heard and delivered powerful prophetic messages for years and years and years. He could have thought, man, I have arrived. Check all this out. The creatures, the smoke, the glory. I have arrived. I've been a prophet for a long time. I delivered every message God told me to deliver. I remained faithful. I remained pure in righteousness. I've done my part. And now I am done. I'm just going to relax right here in the presence of God. It seems ridiculous, but people all over the place have that mentality. I've done some stuff. Good stuff. I've done a lot of good stuff for years and years and years. I'm done. I can kick back and coast this thing on out. That's not where Isaiah was. He said, I'll go. Send me. I'll go. Isaiah already loved the Lord. We know that. He loved God, right? In Romans 8, 28, let me... It says that we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Well, we know Isaiah loved God, clearly. And he had already been called and used for, for God's purposes for years. But somehow, Isaiah felt more purposed in that moment than maybe he'd ever even felt in his entire life. Why? Why? Because he had just had a fresh and powerful encounter with the Lord. He had just been called to a whole other level of righteousness. He was transformed a little more into the image of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we're transformed from glory to glory. From glory to glory, that means more and more. It means we never stop being transformed. Once You've been truly transformed. All you want to do is go. 
At least that's my experience. And it doesn't matter where. I'll go outside the walls and help and serve, spread good news, make disciples. I'll go inside the walls, help, serve, make disciples. When God has transformed you, it's almost like at every level of glory, I'm ready to go. A new fervor, a new zeal, a new desire and expectations of what God will do and what he might even do through me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new creation. And then in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so we would walk in them. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone in this room and every seat has a purpose. You have a specific purpose, a specific thing that God has called you to do for him. It says that he prepared them so that we would walk in them. Isn't that right? And listen, everyone's purpose is connected to go and tell this people. Same thing he told Isaiah. Everyone's purpose is connected to that call, that appeal. How has God called you to go and tell this people. And you can't say that he hadn't. You can't say that he hadn't. James James is kind of talking about some of this in chapter 2 and he says, well, someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. And he's like, show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. (laughs) Look at what he says. You believe that God is one. Good for you. Even The demons believe that and shudder. (laughs) James ain't playing games, is he? And I'm not sure that if you caught this, but James seems to be saying that a refusal to share the gospel resembles demonic activity. He goes on, he says, oh, foolish man. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is worthless? Read it. Listen to his tone. He was getting worked up. I think I'm getting worked up. Let's move on. Number four. I just went like that. Number four. I am an educated man. It's a Lindell education, but I am an educated man. Okay. Number four. In 2021, Soma Church is going to rise up and pursue revelation. Now, when I say revelation, I mean two things. One, we want God to reveal himself. So we're we're pursuing um, God's revelation. God, reveal yourself. Like, ask God to show himself to you. In uh, Psalm 25, verse 4, it says, show me your ways. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. It's like pursuing his righteousness, right? Uh, Psalm 143 verse eight, show me the way I should go. Show me the way I should go for to you, I entrust my life. Well, that's like pursuing his purposes, right? In Exodus chapter 33 verse 18, Moses 
says, please, I love it. He says, please show me your glory. It's like pursuing his presence, isn't it? And we know that God only allowed Moses to see a glimpse of his glorious presence, right? The tail end, like the the train of his robe. (laughs) But don't all of us want as much of the Lord as he's willing to time release to us? Yes. But really when I say rise up and pursue his revelation, I'm talking about reading the book of Revelation. That's that's really what I mean. Reading the, the very last book of the Bible, reading it. Revelation is chapter one. In fact, I want you to I want you to um, turn to Revelation one. Revelation chapter one, in verse three says, "Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and obey what is written in it." Because the time is near. Blessed is the one who reads aloud these words. And blessed are those who hear and obey what's written. Because the time is near. You know that word revelation uh, in the original language is the word uh, apocalypsis. It's where we get the word apocalypse. Which makes sense. But what that word really means is a revealing. Or an unveiling. That's what that word means. The book of Revelation reveals Jesus. A lot of people don't realize it, but the book is about revealing Jesus like you've never seen him before. But it's also about revealing the future, the time of the end, the last days, the coming judgment of the world. Paul talks in Thessalonians about the coming, uh, Thessalonians about the coming Antichrist who will come and make war With the saints, we read about that in Revelations chapter 13, verse 7. We're blessed to read this book because before Jesus ever reveals all the terrible stuff that's going to go down in the future, he calls up a man named John. He calls him up. You guys there in Revelation 1? Look at verse 10. John says, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write on a scroll what you see and send it to these seven churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Real quick, notice that just like Isaiah, John is told, go and tell this people. Same message, man. Different format. Same message. Verse 12 says, then I turned... To see the voice that was speaking with me. And then you'll notice in in verses 13 through 16, it describes Jesus. Jesus is who he sees, okay? He says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. (laughs) But he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the living one. I was dead and behold, now I am alive forevermore. And... I hold the keys to death and Hades. (laughs) So Jesus reveals himself to John and then tells him to write seven letters to seven churches. Okay, y'all look at me. 
These seven letters are like uh, a, a team's final preparation before the World Series. Okay? The coach is saying, guys, you worked hard. You done good. But there's going to there's gonna be some things you need to work on if you want to win this game. Can't you imagine a coach? That's what, that's what those seven letters are. Like this final encouragement to shape things up, get things as good as they can be before you get into the final endings, innings, and endings. <laughs> Those seven letters are some of the most important words you will read in the scriptures. They are. Look over at uh, Revelation chapter 4. Love this. Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, it says, After this, I looked, and I saw a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had previously heard speak to me like a trumpet was saying, Come up here. Love that. Rise on up, John. Come on up here. I will show you what must happen after these things. And at once I was in the spirit and I saw a throne standing in heaven and someone seated on it. And then the rest of Revelation is, is coach Jesus describing play by play how this game is going to go down. <laughs> Trust me when I say you will be blessed if you will invest in the last book of the Bible. You will be blessed if you will invest in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. We're blessed because by reading the book of Revelation, we know who wins. We know how he wins. And we know how to be a part of the winning team. That's pertinent information, wouldn't you think? And that's why we'll be touching down in the book of Revelations quite a bit this year. We'll specifically study those letters to the seven churches because I believe we are in the last days. The game's barely begun and people are already worn out, stressed out, freaking out, dropping out, injured. That's not going to be us. Soma Church. That's not going to be us. God is calling us up. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. This is a familiar passage of scripture. It says, God gives power to the faint and increases the strength of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will rise up like eagles. They will run they will not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. We're about to see a lot of saints start to faint. But not us. Amen? Soma Church is rising up. Rising up. Back on the streets. You got to take my time. Take my chances. Right? It's like the eye of the tiger. We're ready for this game. We're ready to go. Listen, we're not going to be affected by the highs. We're not going to be affected by the lows, the mountaintops and the valleys, right? We're soaring above those like eagles will stay the course no matter what the course 
of this world looks like. We're going to rise up, take courage, and do it. Amen? Now, let me ask you a question. Will it take courage to rise up in these four areas? Is it going to take courage to pursue his presence? It, it does. And we're going to be encouraged in, in, in as much as we can this year to rise up in his righteousness. Because it takes courage to do that. In the day that we live in, it takes courage to rise up and pursue his righteousness. It takes courage to pursue his purposes for our lives. Because sometimes God calls us to and tells us to do things that are weird. That nobody understands. It takes courage to pursue his revelation. What do you mean by that? Well, I don't know about you, but I read the book of Revelation sometimes. And I'm like, what? A lot of people don't read the book of Revelations because it either scares them or it takes so much mental energy to try to understand and apply. But I'm telling you, blessed is he who reads these words, hears them, and obeys them. Amen. It takes courage. It takes courage in these four things. But listen, you're in a safe place. You're in a good place. You're in a place where people will encourage you. You know, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul says, Therefore, encourage one another. I think Melissa said last week, maybe, that the word encourage means to put courage in. It means to insert courage. If you're willing to connect, there are people who will put courage in you when you are lacking courage. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are also doing. I'm excited about 2021. There's not a lot of people saying that, but I am because God's doing something. How do I know? Because he's never not doing something. Isn't that right? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand and I want us to read a prayer slash dedication together. And listen to me. We're going to read this together, declare together. And then we're going to officially be dismissed. But if you are here and you know that to move forward in these pursuits of 2021, you need a special dose of courage. You need to get a good shot of encouragement. I, I want you to feel the, the freedom to come for prayer. And we're going to have elders and leaders here at the front ready to pray. So after we read this, I'm going to pray and we'll be dismissed. But if you know that you need prayer, we've got plenty of time. I want you to come and let the Lord minister to you through the body of Christ. Let someone put their, uh, their arm on your shoulder and pray for you. Insert courage into you. So with zeal, excitement, commitment, let's read this out loud together. 
Jesus, I commit to pursue your presence in 2021. Righteousness will increase in my life in 2021. I will find and fulfill my purpose for this year and beyond. I will read the book of Revelation at least once this year. Holy Spirit, fill me with the power to push through every pain. Give me the courage to go against the grain and fight the good fight of faith. Help me to soar above every mountain and every valley. Call me up and keep me close. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to pray for you. If you want to put your, your hand up as a, as a way to just kind of receive and respond that way. Lord, I pray for everyone that's here. And I say thank you that you always have your eyes on your children ready to lead to good places, never bad places, good places. Even if the trip is difficult, hard, and long, you always take us to good places. And we're believing that for 2021. And that's why we are willing to say, we'll rise up and pursue your presence. We'll rise up and pursue your righteousness, your purpose, your revelation. Lord, we say we are yours. We declare these things, pray these things, ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.